Next on BYU Sports Nation, is it Kalani Satake's job to get players into the NFL? And where is it on your priority list for Cougar football? Plus, Todd Detmer, I'm not good at that, uh, joins the program. How much better is Tanner Mangum this spring versus last spring? Plus, how much does The Rock know about the NIT and the Sug Life Storms Studio B? Let's do this. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is March 14th, Pi Day. (laughs) It is Pi Day. I am Jerem Jordan, alongside Bracket Nazi Jason Shepard. Really? Yeah. Really? You revealed this morning that you don't fill out a bracket. I haven't filled out a bracket for like five or six years. Un-American <laughs> thing outside of being non-American. <laughs> it, it's not. I'm not anti-bracket. I just. But what are you? I just sometimes like. It's just not a huge deal to me. It's just not. I'm. I'm. You're never going to get the perfect bracket if perfection is not possible. But you don't. Why wanna... try? Wait what are you doing in your but life? In life Wait though. a minute. But no, it's different in life. I've just meant like. Why do you a- play sports? <laughs> Why do you watch? No, no I just. I, I here's here's my philosophy on it. If we don't I have all day, by if the way. I do it, great. But it's not. It's just not a big deal to me. But like, I don't need the added pressure. Like, I just like to watch the games. I don't. It's you like take it so seriously. It's like I it's do just, take it. My sports are very serious just, to me. It's like fantasy sports. Yeah, you know, like. I, I want to just I want my team to win and yeah. I want everybody else to lose. Yeah. That's all I want. I don't want my team to win but then need the team that's playing me to score a touchdown so that I can win this. I don't need yeah. to cloud the situation. Okay. So I just like to watch the games, enjoy the upsets cuz you know there's going to be a 12 that's going to defeat a 5. Yeah. I can I can fill out a bracket and still enjoy the games. You take it very seriously. Uh, I, hey. You're like, I am invested. <laughs> I got to get a jersey. I got to get a Because if I'm something. doing something, I want to win it. True. Well, me too, but you, know, you got to pick your spots. No, you I mean, the like, same like, level of competition. Like if somebody handed me a bracket right now and said, would you fill this out? Yeah, I'd fill Will it out. you fill out an NIT bracket with Spencer and I? Because we do this. Yeah, I'll fill that out. Yeah? Yeah, I'll do that. Victory. Like, like, I'm not like anti. Victory. I just don't do it. It's, it's not like... I'm like opposed to it. Yeah. That's, okay. I just don't do it. Uh, at David L. Rass, David Rasmussen, who works uh, with BYU Compliance. He's great. Uh, he said, when did it become morally acceptable to fill out multiple brackets? So you don't even fill out some. Then there are people that fill out multiple. What happened to making your picks and sticking with them? See, There's I, that debate, too. I agree with Can this. Can you fill out one bracket uh, and submit it everywhere. That's the way I feel. Or do you just do a bunch no, in see, different pools? You no. You, I think one bracket. You cannot play all sides. There's here. one bracket to rule one them all. One bracket. Yeah. Yes, that okay. is it. Yeah, okay. that is that is it. Bracketing principles on BYU Sports Nation. That's what we start with today, and we continue with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, it is. Spring football practice number seven was yesterday morning. Coach Kalani Satake talked about his goals of developing depth. Our best personnel group will be the best 11 on the field on offense and defense. And then, I promise um, you he talked about that. More he wants to. Starters, you know? If you have to scratch your head and think about who's the better player, that's a good position, that's a good position to be in as a coach. 
Practice date is tomorrow. Watch post-practice interviews live on Facebook.com slash Sports. Much more from Kalani Sitake and company coming up. Indeed. Women's basketball will represent the WCC as the automatic qualifier for the women's NIT. They will host Washington State Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. The Cougars could play Utah in the third round. So the women's NIT got it right. I, I, I don't – there wasn't there, – uh, Coach K couldn't uh, – and I hate saying influence. that. Coach Kraskoviak. Yeah, there's only one yeah, Coach K. Larry Kraskoviak. Coach K has won national championship. Could not influence the women's side to get them into yeah. a different bracket. I, I seriously wonder if he made a phone call to the NFT. I, I can't help but wonder that. You should He wonder. didn't pay anyone off for the, this time. But I, I think that – get in line for a that. Fo- <laughs> a phone call could have been made. Why not? <laughs> hey, the Batcats are back at it as they host New Mexico State tonight. At Miller Park at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio and the apps. Your boy, Jason Shepard, will be in the dugout. The Cougars are on a three-game win streak since Mike Littlewood came on BYU Sports Nation Friday morning. That is true. <laughs> and my first pitch, so I'm just saying. Oh, wow. oh, you're taking credit, too? I asked Coach about it yesterday. He said it was the key. Really? That's what he said. The fir- your fir- your 43-mile-an-hour first pitch. We don't need to worry about details. Which was a ball. Hey, stop. BYU Gymnastics beat the 19th-ranked SUU Flippin' Birds last night. That's that's legit. They call themselves That is the what they are called. Don't, don't get angry. There's no imagery there either. No, please. no, 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 no. Uh, last night, as four Cougars had career-high performances. Mackenzie does a little bit different vault than the other ones we've seen. She does a tuck one-and-a-half. It is one of the only vaults we'll see tonight that has a 10-0 start value. Great ball. Again, blind landing. Very difficult to find that stuck position. The Cougars will perform next at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championship coming up on Saturday. I'll tell you what. This is a young BYU gymnastics gymnastics team. They beat Arizona on Friday. They beat Southern Utah, who's ranked yesterday. They're finding their stride here at the end of the year. Congratulations to them. That's fantastic. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Program priorities. Uh, I think it's important for me to, to uh, evaluate these young men and then to see what would be the best position for their career. Uh, we did the same thing with Harvey Longy last year. And, uh, I think it's, it's helping, out, you know, helping, helping him out quite a bit. Um, you know, for our guys to be versatile and then do different things, it's important for me to put him in the best position to possibly get drafted and have a career at the next level. Kalani Satake yesterday after practice. The saying goes, Jason, winning is everything, right? But at a place like BYU, that works, but the hope is there are bigger aims and missions even beyond winning. Winning the right way is also very important. Team success breeds individual success. Sometimes it's the reverse, too. But in a sport like football, it's mostly team. At the next level, that means NFL players. Okay, yesterday, Kalani Satake, when discussing Moroni Laulupututau's switch to tight end, had this to say about his role in the process of getting players to the next level. You know, a lot of guys want to be great prospects in the NFL, and, and uh, I'm not in the business to create NFL players, but I think that's a good byproduct of if you do things the right way. Should it be Kalani Satake's business? Is it his business? That brings us to the Twitter question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that BYU puts players into the NFL and why? Hmm. Our first tweet comes in from at Kip Kent. One, only because it's the wrong focus. Build a consistent top 25 program and you'll have plenty of players 
in the NFL. And that's, that's part of the discussion, right? Uh, what goes first, the team or the player and whatnot? Should, is it a priority? We discuss this every year. And, and under the Bronco Mendenhall era, BYU initially put some guys in the league. But the, last, the latter part, there were, it was like one every other year. BYU probably gets two in this year, by the way. With Jamal Williams and yes. in terms of draft picks, Daniel Sorensen is a great example of you don't have to be drafted to be successful per se. Who, who does he play for? The Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, my Chiefs. Yeah. So what? On a scale of one to ten, how much does it matter to you? I mean, it, it matters because it is a tangible sign of success of your program. Yeah. I guess. Uh, here's the way I look at it. Kalani's number one job, as he said, is to win college football games. No, nobody is going to dispute that. I mean, that's what he was hired to do. But as he said, a byproduct of that is putting guys in a position to make the National Football League. And, and I look at it like a normal college student would. You come to college to learn and be prepared for whatever your chosen profession is. So your professor is there to teach you how to succeed at whatever you would like to become once school is done. So for those players who have the talent to play at the next level, Kalani's kind of like their professor preparing them for success in their career choice. Coach Sataki came to BYU to win football games. The program wins more games when the players play well. Yeah, The better the players play, the more games the team wins, and a byproduct of players playing well is that the NFL will take notice and guys will get a shot at the next level. But it all starts with the number one priority for Coach Satake, and that's to win college football games. So scale of 1 to 10, what do you have? Uh, I, I, say, I say it's about a 7. A 7, okay. I say 6.5. I'm, I'm right there. It's not... It's not a huge priority, but I think it should be something that you use to recruit. I think Fred Warner came to BYU because he saw, when it came down to it, there were some good schools, USC in the mix. USC, right? Like, if you want to get into the NFL, that's a great place to be. But he saw that at BYU, linebackers can get into the NFL. And BYU's been able to produce guys, even if they're undrafted. These guys coming out of high school aren't thinking, maybe I could be an undrafted free agent. They think they can be a drafted pick. Uh, you know, in the NFL. So I think it's important, but you're right. Winning's number one. I think when you have good teams, you get noticed more. I think that when you have good teams, naturally you have those good players that make you a ranked team or whatever. I don't think you can be a ranked team without some NFL talent on the team. So if BYU can get back to that point, and that's, that's the hope, is BYU can get back to being a ranked team somewhat consistently, now you're producing more NFL players. Jamal Williams is a great story. Harvey Longy. NFL kind of guy, and he switched positions, and that probably benefited him in this way. And, and the catalyst for this whole conversation was Kalani Sitake and the position switch with Moroni Laulu-Putitao. They, they figure out with these players, which were evaluated by other coaches, by the way, initially. Yes. So out of high school, hey, I think you're a wide receiver. Well, you come in, actually, I think you'd better be a better defense back. You got a better shot at helping us now slash maybe the future for you. At a certain position. And that's great. Yet, it's not Kalani's job to create NFL players. It's his job to win. Like, you, I didn't go on a mission to help myself, but that happened, right? Right. But I didn't say, I'm going on a mission so I can be a better person. I'm going on a mission because I want to help other people. If, if you're Kalani Satake, when you go up to a player and you're floating the idea of switching positions, I don't think he's going up and saying, hey, I know you're playing corner right now. 
but I really think if we switch you to the NFL or switch you to wide receiver, you're going to be a first-round pick in the NFL. He's like, we think that if you switch from corner to wide receiver, you're going to benefit, and it's going to benefit this football team. Now, if that means that you – if that works out and this player succeeds, which – we all hope is the case, right. then that opens that door down the road. But I thought you brought up a great point in terms of the recruiting part of it. You know as well as I do. Still, yeah, you want to use it. You recruiting. absolutely want to use it. And you know that these, these recruits are asking all of these coaches that come in, I want to play in the NFL. Can you get me to the NFL? You know that question's being asked. Yeah. Whether it's a real possibility or not, Coaches have to answer that question to these recruits. And when BYU's been good, they've been producing NFL players, whether it's Harvey Unga through the supplemental draft or undrafted free agents like Wani Unga, Alani Fua, Danny Sorensen recently, or it's draft picks, Ziggy, Bronson Kafusi, and company uh, the last couple of years. But it's been a while since BYU had multiple picks in the NFL draft, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has not had multiple players picked in the same NFL draft since 2009. That would be Austin Colley and Fui Vakapuna. Too long. Way too long. Now, in 2010, Harvey Unga was a supplemental pick. Yeah. Because he declared kind of too late. Yes. That he wasn't coming back for school. But 2009 was... The first time that BYU, or it was the last time that BYU had multiple players picked in the first seven rounds of the draft. It'd be great if BYU had Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy this year. Those are the two guys that could. Jamal Williams for sure, Harvey, Harvey Longy probably. That would be great. That's what's trending. It's brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high lift equipment in more than 80 locations nationwide. I saw one in Vegas. It was great. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Today's Twitter question, How on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that BYU puts players into the NFL? Why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Nelvin Wilson 7 10 If BYU wants to continue to be relevant to Power 5 conferences, it needs to produce at the highest level. I think 10 is winning. That's your nut, like... Ten is like, what's your number one priority? <laughs> Winning games, right? Winning. That, uh, I, so if you think it's really important, t- ten. Wow, okay. Uh, at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, eight or nine, it isn't the end-all, be-all, but it's a huge factor in recruiting okay. and national recognition. I feel you on that one. Coming up, what does The Rock really think of the NIT? We go between the lines with Lauren Franklin. But first, Ty Detmer, the Heisman Trophy winner. On the new Tanner Mangum, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. That's right. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It is a game night for BYU baseball hosting (laughs) hosting New Mexico State at Miller Park. Keaton Sinatiempo mm. will start for the Cougars tonight. You can catch the broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Love the Batcats. Our Twitter question on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that BYU puts players into the NFL? Why? At Nick Lee 51. I would say about a 3 for 3 BYU quarterbacks who've won Super Bowl rings. It's really important for exposure and recruiting. Getting the recruiting thing 
a lot, and yeah. it makes a ton of sense. There's yeah. no question about it. You have you put guys in the NFL. Other players who can play in the NFL will want to come and follow in their footsteps. And a man who played in the NFL for 14 seasons joined us yesterday after practice. His name's Ty Detmer. We had an engaging conversation with things like the new Tanner Mangum, uh, camping versus golf, and how just exactly how he says Diane Lake's new last name. It's Ty Detmer on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline yesterday. Ty, based off a conversation we had with uh, your coaching colleague, Ed Lamb, we are interested to know how you say the new last name for the artist formerly known as Diane Lake. Well, it varies from day to day, but generally just guacamole. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out and uh, get it right before I actually try to call him his real name. When he changed his name, which was probably an emotional experience, he's like, Yes, I want someone to call me Dying Guacamole. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. Uh, probably not what he had in mind, but uh, he's a good kid. We, we have a good time with it. Yeah, I can I can tell. And really, he's not going to argue with you, right? I mean, he's a sophomore cornerback. Oh, too. he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> these corners, corners are pretty cocky, so they uh, they stand up for themselves pretty do good. They, do so. they get that from their coach? No, Gennaro's one of the quietest, you know, uh, guys you'll see, but I'm sure he's got that side to him or he wouldn't have been any good at corner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Great stuff. We're with Ty Detmer on BYU Sports Nation. What's the biggest difference you have seen between Tanner Mangum as the quarterback now and Tanner Mangum as the quarterback last year? Well, for sure it's knowledge of uh, what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, he's, he's way ahead of last year as far as knowledge of formations, motions, he's lining guys up, he's, you know, giving him some freedom at the line of scrimmage to give uh, give guys different routes and things like that. So uh, I feel real comfortable. He's got a good understanding of it. So you can give him some of those options. And uh, last spring it was just, you know, you get up to the line, recheck the wristband, what did I just call, uh, all those things. So uh, this year, you know, things are smoother. He's really got a good grasp of what we're trying to accomplish on each different play. As a, as a guy who, uh, I think your sophomore year, you kind of took over the offense and it was you, right? Now Tanner Mangum, it's, it's his offense. He's the guy that, you know, Taysom Mills is in camp. There's no question there. Luckily for you, you don't have to worry about this year. That this year, what's what's the difference like when you become the guy? Well, the difference is the the being the guy in the locker room, being the guy in the huddle. Um, you know, running the show, having people um, you know respect you and trust you, and and know that they can count on you. And so that's that's the difference. Is um, you know, it's not so much the playing the game part of it as it is being the leader and being the guy they look to for direction and know that they can go to and if they're not sure what to do he can get them in the right spot so um he's really you know stepped up that way as well last year i'm sure it was awkward for him with Taysom sitting there and not really practicing in the spring and feeling like you want to do that but also knowing that there's another guy there competing for it as well and so you can't really put everything into the leadership part of it that you normally would where do you feel like you have improved the most as an offensive coordinator from last year to this year? Well, it's definitely a different feel this spring um, as opposed to last year with trying to put everything in and, and throw a lot at them so that you can go back and pull from it. This spring, 
we've pulled back. We've tried to simplify things and just really get good at the little things in the meat of our offense. And then we'll tweak it and, and game plan and add wrinkles as we go. But if we can get really good at, at the little details of our base stuff, then we can move on and uh, continue to add and, and give them little wrinkles that aren't a big change for them. And uh, last year it was, you know, you're, you're trying to be good at everything right off the bat because you got to throw it all at them. And so uh, I think for me personally, it's there's not that unknown and, and the nerves going into uh, being the offensive coordinator first year and, and some of the unknowns with uh, college football that I had last year personally. Going into year two, how much do you look at, okay, I want to cater the playbook to the personnel versus this is what I'm comfortable with and what we did well last year? Yeah, there's some of both. Um, you, you definitely take what you were able to do well last year, but you also know that there's different guys trying to do that. And so you got to cater it to the individual at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, it, you're adding wrinkles in for Tanner style as opposed to maybe Taysom style. And then uh, same thing with our running backs and what they're better at trying to get them in situations this, this time of year, a little bit too is to see if guys can do it another way and uh, maybe test them in some of the things they're not as comfortable with and see, see how they react, see what they do with it. And uh, so it's, um, you know, it's different for sure, um, with different personnel each, each year, but you, you'll have your base. This is kind of what we are, and then tweak off of that based on personnel. What is life like without Jamal Williams now as you look to uh, a new group of running backs uh, to step up and fill some really big shoes? Jamal? Yeah, it's, it's quieter <laughs> uh, on the practice field for sure. A lot less dancing, all those things. So, um, but you know, it not not having kind of that every down guy puts a little more strain on Reno as the running back coach, myself with personnel and who's in and and what they're uh, they're best at. So you know, Jamal was one of those special guys that was good at everything, and so you you never felt like you had to sub someone else in for a particular concept or play. And so now it's, it puts a lot more on the coaches with trying to get the right guys in for the right situation and the right play. It was announced that the spring scrimmage will be on BYU TV for the first time, and there are a lot of fans that are really excited about that. Does that have, you, have you thought about your wardrobe, or does that change anything for you? <laughs> no, that's probably the last <laughs> thing on my mind for that. Uh, that. That'll be different this year. You know, last year we were playing real close to the vest. Nobody really knew us, and what we were going to be coming out in. And so we tried to keep it really simple and really vanilla. Um, this year I'm excited. We'll be able to do more stuff and show a little more and, and uh, open up the playbook a little more for the spring game. So uh, I'm excited about that. And I know a lot of the fans all across the country are excited. They'll get a chance to see it. How do your other quarterbacks look uh, down the depth chart between Bo Hodge and Cody Willstead and, of course, Coy Detmer Jr.? Yeah, um, Bo's doing well. He's year two in it, although during the season um, he didn't get a big shot of it because he was redshirting and running scout team. So, you know, he's kind of getting his feet underneath him again and running our stuff as opposed to the other team stuff every week. And uh, Coy's solid. He he understands it. He knows it. Um, He's played in a similar system before in high school, so he's kind of a natural progression. And then... uh, 
Cody's getting his legs underneath him. He's, you know, he's got a long way to go, getting off a mission, um, trying not to rush too much on him. Um, you know, he's learning the playbook, having to, you know, get through the workouts every day and, and get his body back in shape. So we're taking it slow with him, but feel really confident with uh, Bo and Coy and then uh, Jeremiah Evans is kind of our, our other guy that's here getting a, a rep here and there and smart kid that understands us as well. So uh, all those guys are really progressing. You feel like you can put them all in a situation and, and they'll understand it and know what to do. You're going to St. George for a practice Friday. That's unique. I, I don't know that BYU's ever taken a practice on the road like that. Maybe they did when you played or you had heard of that. But uh, what are the benefits of taking practice down to St. George? Well, I think, first of all, we've got a lot of fans down there, and people can come up from Vegas. It's only a two-hour drive. So I think uh, we're all excited as coaches, and, and the players are excited. Um, you know, So we may get some some kids down there that you're looking at as possible recruits that uh, will be able to come out and see us, and otherwise they couldn't come out to a practice. And then uh, entertain our fans, get you know they'll get a chance to come out, get some autographs, and then after that, we're taking the guys on a two night camping trip. So they're uh, <laughs> they're pretty excited about that. Last year we did one night up in Heber. Now we're pushing our luck with two nights. So as long <laughs> as you eat good and you're warm, I think everyone will be happy. But of all the football teams in America, there are more Eagle Scouts on this group than any other. So you should be fine, right? <laughs> That's right. Just know who to hang out with, who to pitch your tent next to, because they'll be prepared. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, and listen, in St. George, that, that's prime golf weather. So isn't, isn't a semi-goal for this trip more golf for the coaches to a degree? <laughs> well, we've got all kinds of activities for guys to go through on Saturday, and I, I did hear that golf might be one of them, so <laughs> I might uh, slip the clubs under the bus and see what happens, so do you, it'd, it'd be nice to get out. Would you rather camp or golf, Ty? Oh, man. Well, I generally like to camp if I'm going to be hunting something. If you're just going to camp and just sit around the campfire, then, you know, that's a little different, so... The great thing is I can do both this time. I can golf. Yeah, baby. So that's a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Ty, it's great to talk to you. We appreciate the insight into spring football. Uh, Safe travels down to St. George. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That's Ty Detmer on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I thought it was interesting that he talked about it was awkward Probably awkward for Tanner Mangum last year because Taysom Hill was injured, but everyone knew Taysom was the guy. Right. He couldn't insert, you know, the amount of leadership there because Taysom was going to be the quarterback. But now it's different. It took two full seasons before Tanner Mangum could be, okay, I am, I'm the guy for the long haul here. Right. Um, so now it's a, kind of a new era for Tanner and Ty Demmer, second year of the offense. Tanner Mangum did not play particularly well in that offense last year. So I'm excited for this spring ball for Tanner Mangum. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it, this is obviously not unique with, with BYU. I mean, any program where you know that the next year this is the guy that's going to be taking over whatever position it is, especially if it's a position like quarterback where you are looked at as a leader, you know, it, it, it is somewhat of a an awkward situation where you, you want to let the players know, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here next year and, and I'm, a, I'm a good leader, but you don't want to step on toes. Yes. So you do walk that fine line. Tanner did a good job a great of not job. stepping on toes. Yeah, he did yeah. a great job. Yeah. I just love the fact that we're talking about football. Yeah, it's great. It is great. You know what's also great? 
Hit it. Okay. Countdown to the Vikings. Join in. 165. No, not joining I'm in. not feeling that today. Not joining in. No, How about if you would have joined gets- in, I would have filled out a bracket. How about that? <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> hey, that's for you. That's not for me. Uh, during that interview, uh, I saw on Twitter it was the case for not filling out a bracket. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep the tweets coming. Use hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, the Sug Live. Libby Sug of BYU softball. But first, between the lines with Lauren Frankham, how well do BYU students know the NIT? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed it, we talked to Ty Detmer about how Tanner Mangum is performing this spring versus last spring. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps or download the podcast. If you have not heard, big news yesterday. Oh, yeah. BYU TV will be broadcasting the upcoming BYU football spring scrimmage coming up March 25th at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us for BYU Spring Football Special Live. Very exciting. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Spring practice number seven was yesterday morning. Coach Satake talked about his goals of developing depth. Our best personnel group will be the best 11 on the field on offense and defense. And then um, the, the goal is to try to get more than just 11 starters. You know? if, you, if you have to scratch your head and think about who's the better player, that's a good position, that's a good position to be in as a coach. Practice 8 is tomorrow. Watch post-practice interviews live on Facebook.com slash Sports. If you miss them, you can go back and watch them there as well. On demand. you got to love it. Women's basketball will represent the WCC as the automatic qualifier for the upcoming WNIT. They host Washington State this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So it's an NIT week on campus, hosting Wednesday night men, Thursday night women. The Batcats are back at it tonight against New Mexico State at Miller Park. 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio and the apps. Your boy, Jason Shepard, will be in the dugout with the latest and greatest. That is right. I love that access, by the way. That's the only sport where in the huddle, essentially. Uh, so it's unique. Check it out. There. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. They're great, to, they're great to be around. BYU Gymnastics beat the 19th ranked SUU Flippin' Birds last night. That's their nickname for real. I it love is. it. It really is. As four <laughs> Cougars had career-high performances, the Cougars will perform next at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championship on Saturday. Every week on Tuesdays, it's a special time. It's a time, there are a couple of lines... And we go between it. Uh, the Cougars play in the NIT tomorrow. The last time BYU won the NIT was in 1966, back when Lyndon B. Johnson was the president. You remember the Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. LBJ. LBJ, man. Yeah. yeah. The uh, original uh, Johnson. But apparently some BYU fans are confident that this might be the year. BYU wins it. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I love the honesty here at BYU, but some people don't know a ton about the sports world, and that is okay, because that is where we come in. Welcome to the NIT. How big of a BYU basketball fan are you? Ooh, from a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say 7.5 or 8. That's not bad. How many games have you been this year? This year, zero. How big of a BYU basketball fan are you? 7.5 or 8. This year, zero. Zero. What has been your favorite part of this season? Beating Gonzaga. Definitely favorite part of the season. 
and Goliath goes down. BYU wins it. I just like the part where we all just do the A. Aw. That part. Yeah. Have you heard of the NIT tournament? No, ma'am. That is the one BYU is going to. Welcome to the NIT. Okay. Cool. Um, and this is the this is the competition they're playing in or the league? So there's the NCAA tournament yeah. and then there's the NIT. I had heard it hearsay. What does the NIT stand for? Uh, the Northwest Interleague teams. Non-intelligent training. National. Uh -huh. oh. T is tournament. Smart. What would you say the I stood for? Because national and tournament is correct. Oh. What's the I? I? I don't know. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> national intercollegiate tournament. If you had to guess what NIT stood for, what would you say? The national invitation tournament. You got it. Wow. You really just guessed? No, I had an idea. <laughs> what does NIT stand for? National Invitational Tournament. What? If you could pick any team for them to play in the NIT, who would you pick? Who do you want to see them play? I'd like to see them play Utah. I'd like another shot at them. How do you feel about the University of Utah? Do you realize the University of Utah is in the NIT this year? Oh, really? That would be sweet. Hopefully we can play them. Do you know how much money Utah paid not to play BYU? About $75,000. $80,000 to not play BYU. How do you think they would feel if they had to play BYU anyway? I think they'd be pretty mad. I think that'd be funny. Give me $80,000 of satisfaction. So what do you think they need to do to make a good run this year? Just beat the other teams. I think if they if they could keep, constantly beat every team they played, they'll probably ultimately win the NIT. Awesome. Wow. That's an obvious <laughs> but very good statement. Thank you. I, I'll pass that along. I'll make sure. Uh, I yeah, just, just tell them to win. Yeah, you got it. To be fair, I had to look up what NIT meant before I went to talk to these students, so we thank everyone what? who participated. I know. You really? Sorry. Yes. I mean, I had an idea. I was intercollegiate was a good guess. But we thank everyone that participated. <laughs> they were all really good sports. Make sure you tune in next week. We have undercover athlete with BYU Baseball's Colton Shaver. Follow, follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using the hashtag BYUBTL. You didn't know what NIT Listen. Was. I did because I looked it up. I Googled well, it. Well, after but you looked it I, up, you knew? Well, I, I needed to make sure. I didn't want to be like, yeah, you fool. Yeah. Someone would be right. You my, know? Yeah. my favorite yeah. part of that was, what was it? Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, yeah. yeah. And that last guy might be, a, he could be an analyst for us, I think. Well, he could. He, he honestly was if like, they, Lyndon B. Johnson, I believe he was it, 1965. Yeah, he if like, they ultimately win their games, I think they'll win the NIT. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. fair. It's that, fair. That guy out of the Joe Madden statement. Oh, awesome. my gosh. Hey, good stuff. Can't wait for the Colton Shaver Thanks, one. Thanks, guys. It'll be good. I love the Butch Powell one and Ashley Hatch, so it's going to be fun. That is Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by Martin's Collision. Repair the right repair, the right, repair, the right paint, the right choice. Our Twitter question on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that BYU puts players into the NFL? Keep it coming. But first, she didn't choose it, but the Sug Life chose her. Libby Sug of Cougar Softball is in the house. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, as mentioned. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Super excited for this. Baseball hosting New Mexico State tonight at Miller Park. The Batcats have won three in a row. You can catch the broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Spencer Linton, Gary Shady, myself will be on the broadcast. You can also listen to it on BYU Radio. And tomorrow we have a softball doubleheader. It's the home opener, and it's the opener on BYU TV as well. Libby Sugg now joins us on BYU Sports Nation the pride of Franklin, Tennessee. Libby, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, so the season's been going pretty well for you guys. You're a ranked team, which is yeah. awesome. You having fun with the season? Oh, yeah. It's so fun. I mean, this is the first time since 2011, so I think that's something to be super excited about. It's been about. that long? Yeah. You've always been ranked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. What's been working so well for you guys this year? I think our team chemistry is super on. Like, we're all just, like, clicking together. We have all the positions. Like, we have more backup on the mound for Kenna. Like, we have we actually have a staff instead of just individual pitchers. Yeah. And we have more outfielders, and we're just really clicking. As a catcher, uh, would you prefer a bunch of different arms? Or is it nice to have the continuity of just the same pitcher? Because oh, you, you've had that. Yeah, well, I kind of like both. Like, I like Kenna being our ace, but I also think that having relief is really good, too, because teams, once they see someone a couple times through the lineup, they, like, they're on her. So you need someone to just throw in and just keep them off balance, and I, I love that about our staff. Well, you personally, hitting three sixty eight so far this year, that's pretty good. Lead the team in home runs with five. How would you evaluate your play? I just get lucky every now and then, you know. <laughs> you don't get lucky with, at 368. There's no, there's no luck with homers either, right? Like, can you hit a lucky home run? Or it's always, I mean, you got to hit the ball. I mean, sometimes you just hit it and you're like, well, well there it goes. Cool. Yeah. So. What What if I told you that someone threw out a first pitch, but it was only 43 miles an hour? Let's not, what, let's what, would not you, discuss, what would you think of that? Uh, 43 miles an hour, I probably wouldn't swing at it. Because it was, it would be so uh, elusive to even try and hit. That, yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Well, I wonder if it reached the plate too. Oh, it reached it, the plate. Oh, okay. It was, it okay. Was, it was. You're right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. You're right-handed. So it was high and inside. Okay. That's where the pitch would have been. Gotcha. You're laying off that, right? Yeah, I'm trying to. That was Jason's first pitch on Friday. Oh. Yeah. Again, we don't need to get into the details. I, I just, just I just it did. It's plate. too late. Okay. All right. This, <laughs> we don't need time? to go there. You've won seven of eight. You have Maine coming up tomorrow. You've been, it's unique because you're on the road for so long. Um, and you, you played six ranked teams. You played in Mexico, for goodness sake. Yeah. What's, what's non-conference and away from Provo been like so far? It's been amazing. I mean, this is the kind of competition that when I came here that I wanted, and now we're actually doing it, and I love playing those teams. Like, I know a bunch of the girls that we play because I grew up playing travel ball with them, and it's so fun. I'm like, hey, girl, hey, like, how's it going? Like, I love it. I would rather play the ranked teams. But, like, playing conference is obviously a good thing, too. But Take us through for you uh, this year versus, versus last year. Where do you think you've uh, made the most improvement? I would say my batting average. Like, I'm more consistent as a hitter, I believe. Like, I'm not hitting as many home runs, which I'm okay with. Like, it's, it's fine that I'm not at however many home runs I was last year because it's not all about home runs. Like, it gets RBIs, but also base hits does. So I think I've improved there. 24 RBIs as well is pretty good. Uh, Libby Sugg of the softball team is on BYU Sports Nation. Um, are you expecting a sun delay tomorrow? Because that's a thing that happens at Gail Miller Field. I've heard that's a thing. It hasn't happened Wait. last year. Oh, it didn't happen last year? I don't think so. 
Oh, interesting. So there's there's a point uh, around sunset where it's just in the batter's eyes. Oh yeah, it's in my and the catcher's eyes. It's very convenient when I'm trying to catch. It's like I've got my face mask on. I'm like, please get this at this right shadow (laughs) level. Like I could do this. Yeah. When where's the line with the sun delay? If it didn't happen last year, because I'm sure the sun was in your eyes at points. Yes, constantly. But I don't know. I just kind of tough through. They're like, can you see back there? I'm like, good. Like good. I wonder who the umpire ultimately makes the call. But I wonder if the batter weighs in more the catcher or whatever yeah i don't know did anyone complain ever like hey the sun's like it's overbearing Um, maybe sometimes i did it because i don't know i don't feel the need to but tomorrow's gonna be good weather so i just prepare yourself potentially for for the unique Mm -hmm. sun delay because our home opener last year was kind of snowy and that was not fun it's a lot better this yeah, year. It's significantly yeah, better. Yeah. This is why I love when we get to talk with the softball teams because we always get to bring up the topic of candy. So <laughs> yeah. what is your your candy of choice at first base? So Because the coach Yes, because who is yes. it? Della House at first? Coach House, yes. She'll she'll give you candy if you yes. get to first. Yeah, so this year she's like marking tallies. So like if we have a candy that might melt, then we get it after the game. But oh. last year was Jolly Ranchers, but my pre so we get it before and during the game. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. No wonder you're ranked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Here's a, you know, our, our producer, Ben Bagley, brings up a great question. He put this in our ears. What happens if you hit a double? Or a, tr- or a triple. Or a triple. And and so Neakin, you don't stop it first. Gordon Eakin is See, not giving you candy. So then she'll give it to us after. Okay. So oh, it'll, just, yeah. like, okay. it'll magically show up on our locker. She's so swift. I don't even know where she comes from. But then you're like looking at your locker and I'm like, well, well I got a whole thing of candy. So She's sneaky awesome. fast. Yeah. When she played, she was sneaky fast. I know. I called yeah. the games. Yeah, yeah. she was... She was excellent at second base, yeah. Libby Sugg from the softball teams on BYU Sports Nation. You play two games against Maine tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we want to ask you questions about Maine. Oh, I'm excited uh, for this. Okay. Not, not, the, not necessarily the team, per se, oh, um, no. but the this state. Okay, so let's, let's start with an easy one. What's the mascot of the Maine? I don't even know if it's Maine University or University. I know it's something along the lines of Bearcats, but I don't know. It, it, okay, bears. It's yes, a bears. Bear. It's a bears is the second word. It's a colored bear. Uh, I don't even know what colors they are. Burgundy bear. A burgundy bear would be awesome. That's probably <laughs> in a children's book. <laughs> the black bears. Bla- oh, They're the black bears. Okay, okay, that's better. Like black bear diner. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. What, what is the capital? Of Maine, I've I didn't know. Really this one. bad at this. In I'm going to be honest. I would fail this too. This is where the Masters is played. I know, in like Georgia, I, but not. You're from Tennessee. I am. I know Atlanta you. is Georgia's uh, capital. Is it not even? Um, Augusta. 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 Maine. Augusta. Maine. Yeah, okay. I would never have guessed. There. What's the largest city in Maine? I've. There, there's a city in the largest city in Oregon. Is also the largest city in Portland. Maine. Yes. yes. Boom. Boom. Yes. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Okay. This is my personal favorite. What fruit does Maine <laughs> produce the most of of any place in the world? Apricots. No, that's, but a that's good. good. Guess. That was that was a confident response. I thought it had to be something really random, so yeah. that was the first that one is that random. was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. blueberries. Huh. They produce more blueberries in Maine than any other place in the world. You you survived and actually got one of the Maine <laughs> trivia <laughs> yes. presented by Kenny Maine, former uh, ESPN anchor. Yeah, that, but that's okay. Yeah, that was great. Um, the, we're, we love talking to the women's basketball team because they tell us the funny things Jeff Judkins says. Mm-hmm. What does Gordon Eakin say that you're like, what? what? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we were in Palm Springs, and he said something like kind of like gangster rap, and we were kind of making fun of him. <laughs> and so he gives out the lineup and is just saying like, 
Riley Jensen, yo, like, mm, Lauren Bell, dog. And then he turns his cap sideways, and we're all just like, oh, my gosh. Like, we were about to play Louisville, too. Like, pretty good team. And they were game. probably watching us and like, what in the world is going on This is right in the now? dugout? No, this is outside the dugout. Outside the dugout? The, the dugout field. was tiny on that field. Yeah. So he moved us out, and, yeah, it was kind of, I was like, mm, yeah, that's my coach right <laughs> there. That's Eakin. That's great. When, when you're receiving, um, you know, signals from – uh, you know the dugout to call the pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever do you ever ignore that or like yeah I don't know? Or are you a hundred percent? So me and Ken, I kind of have a system sometimes when yeah. we don't want to actually throw the pitch that's been called. But like, so we only have ten <laughs> seconds to throw the pitch, so it's, it's like quick. yeah, so it's on our wrist, so it's yeah. hard to be like we don't want that, and then turn around and then Coach Meredith be like like so it's kind of come to the conclusion that we're just gonna. We kind of just like telepathy. Like we know it's like, mm, yeah, we're not gonna throw that. Yeah. So, and then we pick another pitch. Do you but, pick the you pick the pitch? Then? Um, it's kind of like a mutual consensus. Yeah. It's usually we're always on the same page, pretty much. And is it pretty situational? Like, yeah. Okay, it's two zero. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, pitch. Yeah. Like yeah. generally, we're gonna throw a rise ball at this time. Or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's never like illogical or whatever. Yeah, but. That'd be funny if you just threw that in. There. You're up like seven in the four. Yeah. You're like, let's just throw a crazy pitch. Right yeah. There. Is there a catcher that that you admire that maybe you pattern your game after a little bit um to be honest not really it's not, I watched, not, any, it's not mm, anything you really pay, ever paid attention to i don't, didn't watch much softball growing up because mm. i don't know i played baseball growing up is there anybody in major league baseball that you admired as a baseball. catcher yankees are my favorite team but i just didn't jorge posada maybe yeah he's yeah he's great okay. but i've never like i don't know i feel like catching in baseball is different than catching in softball too i mean i know you catch the ball throw it back throw downs and everything but like I can't get my body to work like that. I don't know how they get so low. Like, yeah. I don't think it's in our anatomy to do that. It's beyond me. Yeah, that's crazy. But fun to watch. We appreciate yeah. the time. Good luck tomorrow. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. You're a good player, so you already uh, you play well anyways. We don't, we don't give it to crappy players. We uh-huh. give it to good players. Thank you. Thanks. Our great players. So good luck tomorrow. Uh, doubleheader with Maine starting at 6 Eastern time on BYU TV. Uh, good luck tomorrow. We appreciate it. Okay, coming up. Uh, your tweets plus the Cougar Whip Around, Cougar Sports, the latest and greatest from BYU Athletics. If you didn't hear Kyle Collinsworth, it was on Triple Double Watch last night. As he always is. We're in still, life. Yeah. In life? In life. Like where? He's always this close to a Triple Double Like he life. goes standing out like that? That's his sponsored know. place? We did a commercial with him along his line. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. March is one of the best months because there's a ton going on in BYU sports. And my birthday. And your birthday. That's not going to be in the Cougar Whip Around, but this will be. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. I keep mentioning it, so maybe you'll give me something. <laughs> Just saying. Spring practice number seven oh, was yesterday morning. Coach Kalani Sataki likes the development of the depth so far. Practice eight is tomorrow. You can watch post-practice interviews live on Facebook.com slash Sports. Also, how about this? Devin Mahina, former Cougar, had three TD receptions in a loss last night for the Utah Screaming Eagles. Did they storm the field? I don't know. Of the Indoor Football League. I believe they did. Women's basketball. Brigham will represent the West Coast Conference as the automatic qualifier for the women's NIT. They host Washington State, Cougar on Cougar Crime, this Thursday night at 9 Eastern time. The Cougars could play Utah in the third round. 
Baseball. The Batcats are back at it as they host New Mexico State tonight at Miller Park at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, as well as the Apps. The Cougars right now riding a three-game winning streak. By the way, that coincides with head coach Mike Littlewood coming on BYU Sports Nation Friday morning. Gymnastics. The Cougars beat the 19th-ranked Southern Utah. This isn't a joke. Flippin' birds. Yeah! Last night, as four Cougars had career-high performances, BYU will perform next to the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championship on Saturday. Nicely done. Cougars overseas. Kyle Collinsworth had nine points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, four steals in a Texas Legends win last night. Volleyball. I want to see him get a chance with the Mavericks. Brigham Young remains number three in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars are preparing to take on number four Hawaii this Friday and Saturday live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time both nights. Softball. Freshman Arissa Polson was named the WCC Pitcher of the Week after allowing only one run and five hits against Sacramento State last week. Golf. That's that depth Libby was talking yes, about. Yes, indeed. The women's team is in second place after two rounds of the Entrada Classic in St. George, Utah, where Jason Shepard will be this weekend. Kendra Dalton and Alex White are both tied for seventh at four over par. The final round is today. Future guests coming up. ESPN analyst Corey Williams, who's on the call tomorrow for the NIT for BYU versus UT Arlington. And the distance track and field coach, Dilji Taylor. She's a lot of fun, and she's doing a great job. The distance team for track and field and women's cross country have been fantastic. Yeah, they've been dominating. They've been dominating. Shea Mar- uh, Martinez Collinsworth among us. Today's Rise of Chats brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Speaking of... Kyle Collinsworth, nine points, 14 boards, seven assists, four steals, two blocks. Two block shots. I would like to see him get a shot in the NBA. He's yet, he yet to get called up at any point. He's been in the D-League all year, been doing a nice job. I mean, everything I read, though, the, the Mavericks like him. They, they like having him in their system. Yeah. And I, 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 I think it's only a matter of time before he'll be given a shot at some point. It'd be nice. It would be great It'd to be see nice him. Soon. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that BYU puts players into the NFL and why? That's our Twitter question today, the elite tweet of the day. At col underscore James 83 Scale is irrelevant as long as we do better than Utah. Well, Utah's doing better, so BYU has some work to do. <laughs> Thanks to Ty Detmer, Libby Sugg, and everybody on the crew. Don't forget the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Sadie Diaz. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.